Blog Talk Radio. Mysteries on the BookSpeak Network. I'm Sherry Knowlton. I write the Alexa Williams suspense series. The books are Dead of Autumn, Dead of Summer, Dead of Spring, Dead of Winter, and my newest, Dead on the Delta, just released uh, earlier this week. Today, my co-host, J.M. West, author of the Carlisle Crime Cases novels, couldn't join us, um, but I expect her back on the next episode of our podcast. However, I'm not alone today. I'm pleased to welcome author Elena Taylor to the Milford House Mysteries. And let me introduce her by reading a short bio. Elena Taylor spent several years working in theater as a playwright, director, designer, and educator before turning her storytelling skills to fiction. Her first series, The Eddie Shoes Mysteries, written under the name Elena Hartwell, introduced a quirky mother-daughter crime-fighting duo. With All We Buried, uh, Elena's newest book, she returns to her dramatic roots and brings readers a much more serious and atmospheric novel. Located in her beloved Washington state, Elena uses her connection to the environment to produce a forbidding story of of small-town secrets, and things that won't stay buried. Elaine is also a senior editor with Allegory Editing, a developmental editing house where she works one-on-one with writers to shape and polish manuscripts, short stories, and plays. If you'd like to work with Elena, visit www.allegoryediting.com. But when she's not writing or coaching writing, uh, Elena's favorite place to be is at the farm with her horses Jasper and Radar, or at her home on the middle fork of the, oh, Snoqual, I can't say this, Elena, you'll have to tell me how to say it, in the North, in Washington State, with her husband and their dogs Polar and Wyatt, their cats Coltrane <laughs> and Coco. Uh, Elena holds a BA from the University of San Diego, San Diego, uh, a master's from the University of Washington uh, it, at Tacoma, and a Ph.D. from the University of Georgia, uh, uh, education from all over the place. Uh, I must mention uh, that I've known Elena for several years through the International Thriller Writers Organization, so it's a particular pleasure for me to speak to her today. Welcome, Elena, to the Milford House Mysteries. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. And you almost had it, Snoqualmie River. Snoqualmie. I should have practiced Snoqualmie it. River. <laughs> well, I don't know that you're going to have a lot of other authors um, calling in who live on the Snoqualmie, so you may be safe. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
and my uh, cousins lived, uh, in fact, one of them still lives out uh, in Washington State, but uh, the other, uh, I, she would mention that river from time to time. She, she's back <laughs> east now. <laughs> but I just, I, I, I froze, I clutched. <laughs> Yeah, we have we have a lot. We I live in the Snoqualmie Valley. We also have Snohomish, uh, Sammamish, Salish. Um, <laughs> we have quite a list of um, rivers and areas out here from obviously the uh, original uh, communities that still live here. That uh, Duwamish. There's a lot of really great names, but um, don't feel bad that you struggled with Snoqualmie. Yeah, well, and 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 this area in South Central Pennsylvania, we also have some um, Native American names like the Conedogwinet Creek and the uh, Conedogig, but uh, <laughs> different different dialects, different tribes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> those would give me pause. <laughs> Well, let's start off um, by talking about your latest novel. Um, author Lily Wright said this about All We Buried. A lifeless lake, a floating corpse, a small-town sheriff trying to make her mark. All We Buried is a gripping mystery about memory and the dark secrets we can't leave behind. Fast-paced and impeccably plotted, the story keeps you guessing as it sinks ever deeper into the community's troubled past a late-night read that mystery lovers will devour. Um, and I have to uh, testify from my own reading, it's a pretty intense book and one I read in a day. Oh, wow. <laughs> so uh, tell our listeners about this atmospheric mystery, if you will, Elena. <laughs> oh, thank you for your, such kind words. And I love that quote. I do. I love that quote. Um so thank you for reading Great. that one. Yeah, so it is a very different it is a very different departure from my Eddie Shoes mysteries, which are are funny. They're very funny, um, but it is set again. It is set in the same Pacific Northwest. So um, I've kept my geography, but I've gone a little darker. Um, so all we buried is an interesting like how I came about this particular book, and it is very very connected to my environment out here. And so the first is um, the. The origins of it came from an image, which is I used to live in another community, Newcastle, that has a, a, a lake that's very black. It looks very black. And it's not that the water's dirty. It's just how the lake is. But you can't see to the bottom. And there's all these sort of stories about it that, like, there's a train stuck at the bottom and all these other things and that it's very bottomless and all these sort of myth, sort of mythology about this particular lake. And I found that really fascinating. Well, I did some research and found out, of course, that none of that is really very true. It's not very deep. Aww. And, you know, there's probably stuff at the bottom. But, but it just had prompted in me this idea about a a, a very deep lake and um and the other reality is that we really truly do have mysterious lakes out here in washington state um there are some uh, there's one that's famous for people disappearing um never to be found again or found floating dead later um all kinds of reasons for that but um they're they're sort of dangerous to be in and then there are others. We have some of the deepest lakes in the country here, and they're just crystal clear. And you can see hundreds and hundreds of feet down into the depths of the water. And so all of those were sort of, you know, 
in working in my subconscious is something really interesting about what could be buried in a lake or what could be hidden in uh-huh. a lake and what would that mean for community. And then the second thing that happened was I started thinking about the character. Oh, who would be the person who would have to solve a mystery of a body that appears in this lake? So you have no crime scene. You have no evidence. You know, there's no, you don't know who the person is. You live in a small community and you don't know her. So she's clearly an outsider. Well, how did she get here? And so the complications of what to do when you're faced without a crime scene um, to try to figure out how somebody ends up dead really started to fascinate me. And so I started to build the character of who would this person be? Oh, okay. It's She's a, a sheriff, and she's come home because her father is ill, and she's taking over for him as the interim. And of course, he has died. And so, the start of the book is she's faced with what? What does she do now? And then, this body appears, and now she's faced with her first homicide investigation, um, complicated by the geography of her community, and she's also very isolated. She has virtually no help. Um, she had been in Los Angeles where she had lots and lots of resources and suddenly she's, it's her and a part-time deputy who wants her job and a, uh, a full-time deputy that wants her job and a part-time deputy who, who she can't use all the time. And so suddenly she's on her own. And so that's sort of how the book came about. And the atmosphere is very accurate to some of the places around my beautiful Cascade Mountains, which are also in a lot of ways, unknowable and rugged and isolated. Mm -hmm. And I love that about them, but it creates lots of danger for a lone sheriff working by herself. Yeah, well, I can tell you, I thought it was a great book. Uh, And, uh, you know, the, the, the ending was a good surprise. So um, I I really did enjoy it. Uh, But let's go back to your first book to talk about them a little bit as well. Uh, You've mentioned uh, a a couple of times um, that the Eddie Shoe series is more lighthearted and the characters a little bit um, more quirky. Um, But, you know, let's let's wait, actually, now that I think about it. Before we get into that, let's stay with All We Buried um, and just... Before I get into the the, the uh, older series, what I know you've told about us uh, oh, a little bit about how you came up with the the sort of premise of the book and and all of that. But what made you decide to leave the more lighthearted, quirky um, type of mystery and go to something a little more dark and mysterious, a little more genre based? Yeah, that, that's sort of been an interesting um, transition for me. So in my early years as a writer, I was a playwright, and I worked in the theater for, oh, 20 years before my first novel came out. And so I had written several plays and been produced and around the country and and, and, and even overseas. And, and a couple of things about being a playwright. And the first was that I tended to write pretty heavy plays. I wrote a lot of... Um, about sort of social problems and um, big sort of societal issues, uh, everything from post-traumatic stress disorder with veterans to disappearing bees, um, collapse, colony collapse disorder. And so I had a lot of very heavy plays, very serious plays. And I had done that for a very long time, and they always had humor in them. You know, they would have funny lines and funny characters. But the 
the bulk of the plays were, were very serious. And I think I sort of needed a break. And so I wrote the Eddie Shoes series, which was very funny. And then um, All We Buried really was kind of a return to the kinds of work that I did as a playwright, not so much content, because I didn't write mysteries for the stage. Mysteries don't translate very well in the theater. Um, uh-huh. But but that sort of darker, heavier um, content was actually a little bit more what I had been doing as a playwright. So in some ways I've sort of come full circle and come back to sort of the tone that I might have been a little more um, – done a little bit more in the theater. I, I will say I I do think I do think it's it's sort of ironic that there isn't funnier lines in All We Buried because even my plays had a sort of funnier dialogue, but it just didn't quite fit the tone of that particular book. Um but I like the the sort of dark and um I had to keep saying atmosphere, but I like the darkness of the book and that it has an you use the word intensity, which I think is great. I love the intensity of the book, especially because it starts out much slower and more psychological and then it, it sort of ramps up into an intensity and so I sort of like the the design of this particular book as well. But I would say it's a it's sort of a homecoming for me to come back to a darker a darker place. Oh, that's interesting because I I didn't re- I knew that um, you were a playwright, but I I didn't really know you know about your the specifics of your work. So this was is really more of a return rather than starting something new. Yeah, oh. it is, and it, it's it's it is a little different in content in that my plays tended to be sort of political, again, I address a lot of social issues. Now, I address social issues in my books as well. Even my lighter books, I tend to have things in there about, um, you know, racial relationships in the United States and how we treat veterans and how we see people, you know, people that are oppressed. And so I do have those sort of threads, but they're not necessarily so clearly a focus or, or, or looked at in such a serious way. Uh, we Bury doesn't have that so much. It's more just sort of a darker, in a psychological sense, um, sort of what she's dealing with, what she's facing, um, and that, the atmosphere of the environment. So it's a departure in that sense, um, but it's not a departure in the sense of, of the less humor. Yeah. Okay. I hadn't really thought about that. <laughs> So we've now wandered pretty thoroughly into the the earlier books, um, your Eddie Shoes books, and and I'll just say the titles for our listeners: uh, Two Heads Are Deader Than One, One Dead, Two to Go, and Three Strikes You're Dead. Um, you want to describe those books a little bit to our listeners? Sure. Um, yeah, they they really were a wonderfully fun break from having written and worked in a lot of serious plays. So there it is, I call it a quirky mother-daughter crime-fighting duo um, set primarily in Bellingham, Washington, which is a college town up north um, on the coast, but not far from Canada. It's kind of the last big town before Canada. Forgive me, Blaine, um, which is a town in between, but it's the last sort of larger town before Canada. And um, she's a private eye. Eddie Shoes is a private eye. And the fun part for me with that series is that the the private eye is actually the straight man. And the so the protagonist is sort of the serious character. And then the funny, the humor comes from her mother, um, Shava, uh, Shava uh, who is a 
card-counting poker player that's been kicked out of Las Vegas um, because of her card-counting. And so she shows up at her daughter's office and says, you know, I'm I'm going to come stay with you and let's solve some homicides. And so the humor comes through really the secondary character, but I find that I find that pretty entertaining. But I, I will say I think it is the only mother-daughter crime-fighting duo in private eye genre. So I think I did something a little different there. You know, that's right. I, I, now that you mentioned that, I I can't think of another one off the top of my head. So yeah. uh, <laughs> you could be right. <laughs> um, now, now, all these books are set in Washington State, and uh, you'd mentioned that, that you live in Washington State. Uh, so is it just a matter of you wanted to write about uh, a, a place, uh, and, and I do this, uh, a, a place that is close to your heart and also that you know well? Is Was that why you chose to set um, the series as well as All We Buried? Uh, in Washington? Yeah, it's sort of a combination of things. Um, First off, there's something really interesting about the places where I've set all four of these books in terms of how the environment can work against you. Not that it can't in other places, but for example, I grew up in San Diego. Well, you're not going to freeze to death in San Diego. You're not going to get lost in a snowstorm in San Diego. Um, You're unlikely to find an area in San Diego that is really isolated. You're never going to lose cell connection. So, like, there are parts of this country that don't provide the same opportunities for isolating your characters. Whereas here in Washington State, and there are millions of acres in Washington State, in our mountainous region, where people have never been. There's no trails. There's no roads. There's, um, there are a lot of places where you can be out of cell range. Um, and so these sort of modern conveniences that make it really challenging to isolate your character, I can simply do away with. If I had set them in San Diego, having her cell phone fail, you know, oh, the battery runs out. Well, you know, why doesn't she just stop at the convenience store? Like there's, you know, it's it's hard to isolate them. Whereas both the fact that I know the area and I love the area and it's beautiful, it also just creates all these opportunities for challenging the characters in ways that you just can't do in other places. So it's sort of that combination of I know it, I love it, and it's wonderful, in addition to um, I can make it function like another character that gets in her way, in the way of of all of these characters. And, in fact, in my third book, Three Strikes, You're Out, excuse me, Three Strikes, You're Dead, um, because I had to have her travel. I've been killing people in Bellingham, you know, for two other books, and there really aren't that many murders there, so I sent her on vacation. And that allowed me to put her into an, an even more isolated area. And again, she falls, she falls into a canyon, and there's no help, and there's no cell phone, and there's no people. And it just was something I couldn't do in a lot of other places. Okay. so And that's actually what I was going to say, but you said it first, which is you use the Pacific Northwest and its uh, remotest parts as a, as a character all of its own yeah. in your book. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, yeah. and I feel that way. I live in, you know, my little Snoqualmie Valley. I'm I'm close to a major freeway, and I can be in downtown Seattle in, you know, 35 minutes if there's no traffic and four hours if there is. 
Um, so I'm not that far from civilization, but my front yard, I have elk, bear, occasionally a cougar, bobcats, um, coyotes. You know, these are animals I mm-hmm. see fairly regularly. And if I wander up the road from my house, I go into National Forest, and I could literally walk from my house to Canada on a mountaintop if I wanted to. I could just follow the Cascade Mountains and go all the way into Canada unbroken from my house. And so, you know, we even have moose and wolves are coming back into Washington State. And so that that wonderful sort of wildness that still exists here and the the I come back to this word but the unknowingness of so many places here I love that idea that you know we haven't tamed the west there are still places here that are are mysterious to people and I I just think that that's such a fascinating sort of aspect of the of the area Um, and I like having a series set in places that are are not the norm you know I have there's some wonderful books set in LA or set in New Orleans or set in New York and all those things but I like sort of having my readers travel to somewhere that maybe they're not as familiar with yeah I I agree um I I also um like uh the the dog in in my suspense series uh, the Alexa Williams um, she, Alexa has an English mastiff named Scout so uh, I really love that in both your sets of books yeah. uh, your heroines each have a dog a big dog <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I know you're yeah. an animal person uh, with all yeah. your horses your your dogs, um, but are the furry creatures uh, in your books modeled on your two dogs or uh, something else? <laughs> I love that question. I love that question. Well, I have a funny story about Schweitzer. So Schweitzer is the dog in All We Buried, and that character really evolved because um, in, in ultimately in the in the book that is published, uh, she really had to learn to make friends with that dog because the dog had been her father's dog, and so they have to build a relationship. And in early drafts, I that wasn't quite as clear about how she had to come up, uh, into that relationship. And so I love how that evolved through the rewriting process. But my funny story about Schweitzer is so I had I had written the book and had that dog, Anatolian Shepherd, and um, you know knew what he looked like in my head and all those things. And my husband and I moved into the house where we are in now after I had written the first draft of that book. And up the street from us is an Anatolian shepherd who has a herd of goats that he protects. And the first time I ever saw that dog, I was like, oh, my God, it's Schweitzer. Like, this dog. Oh, my God. Exactly, yeah. So his name is Duke. I would have freaked out if his name was Schweitzer. His name is Duke. But I see him almost every day, and he's just the most amazing dog. He'll he'll come over to the fence. He's very, very friendly with people, but he's a, a very strong protector of his goats. But he has this sort of smile when he sees you. He just sort of lights up. And so I just was sort of blown away that I feel like I, I have met the real-life Schweitzer after I had written the first draft of the book. <laughs> So, yeah, so the the animals, none of the animals are, um, like, exactly like any of, of my pets, but I certainly, like, the relationship between people and the animals are definitely sort of, you know, in line with my relationship with my animals. Um, you know, they're my, my animals are my family members. You know, my husband and I both feel uh-huh. that way, and so, you know, that part is certainly is certainly very real. 
Well, it comes across on the written page, too. (laughs) Thank you. Um, switching to something a little bit more general, um, I'll note that you have a very interesting background. Uh, I read, uh, perhaps it was on your website that you were born in Bogota, Colombia, uh, and you have uh, all these, uh, degrees in, uh, education and, and, and other things, uh, and, uh, you know, now you're writing novels. Uh, you said that you lived in San Diego when you were a kid. Uh, you know what? What really was your journey to to <laughs> get you all those different places to where you are now? Oh in boy, how brief, much time do we have? I'm not asking for your entire life history, but you know, just a, a little insight hit, into uh, how you highlight. ended up what, what you're doing now. Yeah, um, so I was born in Bogota, and I won't give you my entire life history, but I was born in Bogota, and that came from my parents were in the Peace Corps, and my father was oh. the director of training. Yeah, and so, um, and the the funny family story is um, my father actually went down to Columbia in advance of my mom, and so they weren't going to see each other for about two months, and they had one night together between his being off in, in um getting some training and, and some Spanish immersion and him flying to Columbia. They had one night together, and I came out of that particular <laughs> trip. So that was very, very lucky for me. And so then my mom flew down, um, you know, about two months later and was already pregnant with me, and so I ended up being born in Columbia. So I consider myself, you know, like I see Columbia as sort of my country and was lucky enough to get to visit um, uh, two years ago, which was amazing to go back and sort of see what I consider my country in a lot of ways, even though I uh-huh. never lived there as a, you know, I w- moved back home very, very young, as about two, and but my right. early words were in Spanish, and so I feel a connection to that country. But then um, I did, I grew up in San Diego and thought I was going to be a college professor. I thought I was going to do theater and be a college professor, so my degrees were all sort of towards um, teaching in the theater, and that was in part because it's very, very hard to make a living as as a playwright. I mean, it's hard enough as a novelist, but it's even harder as a playwright. And so I always sort of anticipated, you know, I was going to be a college professor, and that would support me, and then I would write plays and, you know, work on my productions. And that kind of worked a little bit for a little while. Um, I love to teach, and I hate academia. Um, I found higher yeah. education to be just incredibly difficult um there's some wonderful wonderful people there i have students i'm still connected to and other faculty i'm still connected to but how our higher education system runs was just sort of devastating to me in a lot of ways and so i realized it wasn't going to be a great fit and left being a full-time teacher did you know but done the adjunct thing and all that and meanwhile i was like you know i always really want to write a novel and it kind of came to me that I had been working in theater as a playwright because I worked in theater, but that that wasn't my only role as a writer and that I really was a writer and it didn't matter whether the theater was involved or not. And I'd always Mm -hmm. wanted to write a novel. And so I wrote my first novel and then I wrote my second novel. Then I wrote my third novel. (laughs) Then I wrote my fourth and it was published. Um, And (laughs) so three books of Eddie Shoes and then, and then all we buried. And so like so many writers, um, you know, I I had a lot of training in storytelling through the theater, which was tremendously helpful as a novelist. I had to learn the differences 
um, and you know what what it is to be a novelist as opposed to a playwright, and there's some huge differences. But I had also sort of all these quirky life experiences. I'd been an auto mechanic. I had been a high school dropout. Um, I had lived in San Diego and Arizona and all over Washington State. I lived in Georgia. So I just had a really well-rounded sort of life um, before I settled into being a novelist. And I, I think that that, you know, every once in a while I think, oh, what if I had just gotten an MFA in writing and tried to be a novelist at 20? And I think, well, you know, maybe that would have been a great path, but I wouldn't have sort of the wealth of experiences that I've had. And I do think that that translates into how I understand character. I think that one of my gifts as a writer is understanding character. I have to work really hard at plot. Like, plot is hard. But I feel confident that I understand a lot of different people and a lot of different perspectives. And I think that comes from this sort of bizarre, convoluted life experiences. That's sort of a very long answer to your question. Uh, I apologize to our listeners if you're hearing that uh, beep in the background. Uh, we're recording this via phone. Um, well, well, that's that's interesting. Uh, that that is interesting, and and I have to say I'm surprised. I, I, I mean, because all we buried uh, um, is so tightly plotted that uh, it 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 really is great. So uh, I, I'm surprised to hear that you feel you have to work at it. I love that because, of course, you know, we all hope that our books are seamless and that our strengths and our weaknesses, you know, you can't tell what the strengths and what's the weaknesses. So I, I love hearing that. Um, but, yeah, that plot is the thing that I have to spend the most time during rewrites. So, like, my characters uh-huh. will feel solid. You know, the the story will be solid. Like, I'll know what happens. But the actual events that make it to the page and – sort of how those those real specifics of the plot, that's the part that I spend the most time with. Yeah, so thank that's you for that. <laughs> well, it's true. Um, it, it looks like we're running um, low on time, so I, I had intended to ask you a little bit about your editing and mentoring, but I think we're going to have to jump uh, right to the the final question. Although, if you want to put in an, another plug for a uh, plug for your editing work, uh, you can <laughs> certainly do that. But what's next? Um, you know, you've got all we buried out there. You've got Eddie's shoes. Uh, are you going to continue with one of those or both, or go in a different direction? Oh, that's such a fantastic question. So. Um, both both of those are certainly possibilities that there could be more books in, um, for both of those others. But currently, I'm really excited because I have two manuscripts, and my agent and I are, even as we speak, um, making a decision about which of those manuscripts we want to send out on sub. So I'm very excited about either one of them. Um, one is much more sort of traditional in line with All We Buried, and the other is a suspense novel, which was a bit of a new subgenre for me. So I'm sort of excited about either one of those. So um, oh. if your listeners want to know which direction I go, they should follow me on social media. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, why don't you give them that yeah. information before we close? 
Um, the best way to find me is go to my website, which is elenataylorauthor.com, E-L-E-N-A-T-A-Y-L-O-R, author, A-U-T-H-O-R.com. And from there, they can find all my links to social media, sign up for my newsletter, and also get information if they'd like to work with me one-on-one as a writer through Allegory Editing. All that information is on my website, so it would be fantastic if people would come and find me. Well, yes, it would. So thank you very much. It's been a very interesting discussion. It's gone fast, uh, and uh, I appreciate you uh, joining the Milford House Mysteries today. Uh, Thank a you reminder for having to all me. you readers out there, um, my books are available, uh, especially my new one, Dead on the Delta. Um, they're available online at Amazon, uh, Sunbury Press, and all the usual suspects online and in uh, local bookstores. Um, I really appreciate everybody tuning in for Milford House Mysteries. Uh, and our next program will air on March 11th at 2.30 p.m., where we'll have another author interview. Uh, in the meantime, uh, you can find me at my website, www.sherrynolton.com, plus Facebook and Twitter. So once again, uh, thank you, Elena. I really appreciate you joining us. Such a pleasure. Until Thanks for next having me. Time, Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. It was a great discussion. <laughs>